0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. So much goodness going on. You know, I want to just remind you that when God's got so much goodness going on, he's preparing you for something. And so don't hang on to the sides because you're going on a ride. Lynn, um, she sent me this word this morning. And, um, you know, when God... I, I, I want to try to convey to us that when God is speaking, it's not going to sound like our voice. Right. Yes. When God, when you finally, you know, if you did get a chance to listen to Bill's message, you know, that he started out with, Um, the scripture in Acts where it said that um, Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And remember, he said in that message yesterday that the authority comes from your yes. We've been talking about our yeses for a long time. See, I have a pre-yes. It's really hard to get people to move from a place where they need to be in control. We're, we really just need to be in control as we know because we have wrong definitions. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the word that Christy gave um, on Wednesday because it's really filtering its way from our head or ear area down into our heart area. And when that happens, then God comes for things within our hearts that are in the place of something that the that is, it was supposed to be from him. It's kind of like we have deposits of things throughout a system of supernatural operation that God has to eliminate. And some of us are more reticent, reluctant to let him dislodge those things, and others are, no, it's just crap and it needs to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'd say all clerics, I proved it this week, I did. All clerics, no matter what you suggest, their first response is always no. And when you can learn to stop doing that, then you can actually hear a whole other random suggestion yes. that you might like. Um, anyway, it said that he came... I love this. He did wonderful things for others, still Acts 10, and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God had appointed him. So he came to destroy the works of the devil because that's what's going on on the earth is that there there was a possession of a planet that was not under God's rule or authority. And so God put humanity here to dislodge the enemy, Come on. Right. Yeah. can we just look at our lives that way? Come on. Yeah. So you weren't planted here for your comfort. Yeah. Yeah. You were planted here to operate in the desires of the King. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's a hundred on that. Yes. Yeah. And so God likes to stick you in places that he knows your maturity levels at a great place to where you can dislodge the enemy. It's usually at work. See, our authority comes from our yes. So who has all authority? God. This is just a recap, okay? I'm not even preaching right now, okay? So our authority comes from our yes, right? And did you already say our power comes through encounters? That's why when we're offering, when we're serving up an encounter this morning, then if you're distracted by the cares of this world, you miss the empowerment of the encounter with the King and beholding his glory. So when you go out, then you have something different to display on your table than what already exists at the place where you go to work. Of course, it, you know. They're not serving up good stuff. Whew. I just need to get that off my chest. So I think I was talking about, I just felt a wave of goodness there. Lynn, I may have Lynn end with her word because it's just too complex for me to read right now. And I have other things I want to say. So in worship, God told me this. Let us be recruiters. Of the righteousness, glory, and power of the Trinity, not recruiters of those who will help us keep, help keep us small and under fear. Yeah. 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 So, whenever we're orphans, we recruit other orphans. Aren't we funny? Aren't we funny as orphans? We recruit other people. We marry them, we date them, we become friends with them to help us stay in our orphanhood. And we usually, some of us get one just a little bit better than ourselves, and some of us get one just a little bit worse, you know, just depending on where I want to be right then in that season of my life, right? So if I'm wanting to be powerless, I recruit somebody that's way more powerless than me, so I look pretty good. But then they, when I ask them for advice, they give me powerless advice, Right? Right, yes. And so whenever I begin to recruit people in my life that are at a different level than me spiritually, supernaturally, and then the smallness within me, it lives within you. Yes. It gets challenged. Yes. And see, what we've been talking about is really, is what is our response to that challenge? You know, I, I read this interesting thing today. I have so many wonderful scriptures. I was let's turn to James. James one. Now I know I have James one. There he is. He was hiding over there. When I when I opened James one today, it opened to this scripture it's James 1 16 it was just the very end of it that appeared on my little it said so my friends don't be fooled by your own desires so you know we we were talking the other day about our desires our needs however you want what has happened to us is that since we were orphans, we had a desire for a pop. And so we just drank as much pop when we became an adult, we had no restraint, right? We just drank as much pop, we drank pop to right rotted out of our teeth, right? We just drank pop, drank, pop, drank, pop, right? Because why? We didn't want to feel restrained. Do you see? So we were really just reacting. You know, I love what Bill said. He said rebellion is not doing or entering or taking the promised land that's true rebellion the promised land god provided for you to inhabit to work in he said he said work is actually the way that our design is fulfilled in god where you go to work is where your design in god is fulfilled right and so true rebellion he said was when we don't even take Ownership, and we don't steward the actual promised land God laid out for us. Yes, See, right. we we've got our def, aren't our definitions just getting challenged right now? Yeah. There, I love. Judy said to me this morning. She said, "Everything that's a test is really fear just fear being extracted. Because because where you had fear before and you got over it, that's not a test for you anymore." Ah. So I was reading this in James 1, so my friends don't be fooled. So let's look a little bit out ahead there. It says, verse 13, when you're tempted, don't ever say God's tempting me because God's incapable of being tempted. We don't do that, right? Right, right? Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil, that lure them away into darkness. That tells me something. Can you hear it? I'm lured away to darkness so where did where where, where, where was I at I was in the light and So I had to look up that word desire and it's it's spelled E P I T H U M I A in the Greek And of course it's a simple meaning it means to desire what's forbidden What's forbidden That's the crux that's going on in the world right now. What's forbidden? You know, in the King James, I learned it as lust, but of course all of us, our definition of lust has something to do with sex, sexual stuff, so we get messed up there. We We can't think beyond there. So then when we're just good in the sexual area, we don't realize that we're actually craving forbidden stuff all the time. Who determines it? See, I might be allowed to do something you can't do. See, what we do is we create up a personal standard. Not a godly standard. Not a calling-based standard. And when we judge everybody else by our personal standards, and we hate on people, and they're not even where I'm at. Right? Yes. And so I, I do this cool thing when I study the Bible. I, I look up every other scripture. There's 37 scriptures that have that word in it because I wanted to see, and I found this really cool discovery this morning. Let's turn over to Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to read this to you in the King James, the original. Are you ready? Yes. For I am... In a straight, S-T-R-A-I-T. I I am in a straight betwixt two. B-E-T-W, look at Breezy's face. This is how I learned this scripture. For I am in a straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Guess what? That's the same exact word. That's in James 1. Let's read it in a version you can understand. Did you know what betwixt 2 meant? Philippians 1, 23. That's where we are. We're just having a little Bible study here, okay? Some people like to have a Bible study. So what's the word we're talking about right now? Desire. And it's, what did I say desire meant? is to long for something forbidden. So Paul's saying, I have a desire. That's what he's saying. Verse 23, are you with me? He says, but I am hard pressed between two. I have the desire to leave this world and be with Jesus that is far better. Now I know all of y'all have heard this verse. And what did it make you do? Long for heaven, didn't it? But Paul's saying, it's a forbidden desire for me. In my calling, as an apostle, it's forbidden by God for me to long to leave this world, because this is why. Because I'm hard-pressed. I'm hard-pressed. Yet to remain in my body, verse 24, is more necessary and essential for you. Yeah. Uh, he just woke up to a forbidden desire. Yeah. Wow. Because why? He saw the impact that his life was supposed to make, make on the planet. Aren't you glad he hang, hung out? Since I'm convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Why do you think the enemy uses suicide? It's right here. See, we lose sight. Remember, it's rebellion to not take possession of and work the promised land. Do we, can we accept that? Yeah. Do we have a hitch there? You know, when I'm talking, you get a hitch, you, you can't listen to me anymore. It's been happening a lot. Wednesday night, I was talking, and two or three people were offended in the room. And I well, Chrissy was talking, so they were clearly offended at her. So, but see, you have to understand, it's the words of life we're offended at. God trying to introduce us to a different life than we were experiencing because old things have passed away. They're not going to be satisfactory anyway. So we get offended at truth because lie, the lie has found a home. It says, but I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that your rejoicing for me may overflow in Jesus through my coming to you again. So what was he saying? He's saying, I'm just torn. I've got a picture of heaven. But I'm giving up. That desire. Right. So it led me to write this. I like me. I like you too. The eternal wealth, Bill mentioned this too. The eternal wealth that God is wanting us to come into in this season is so rich and abundant. Yes. Bill said that in his message. So it's so it's an abundance. Are you with me? Yeah. Listen. Anytime, I think he said this. Let me see if I can find it. He said that... See, I knew I was going to go look for it, and it was going to be under my 5,000 notes I took from that message. God rewards maturity with increased responsibility. Yeah. 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 Now, if you read Danny this week, he said, it's irresponsible for you to be the... or outer what's that one? The rescuer in the triangle we've been talking about. The rescuer, victim, bad guy. It's irresponsible because the rescuer is over-responsible to rescue the other two in their irresponsibility. That's the cycles most of us were raised in. That's really what you're getting over. You're getting over that someone was over-responsible to let you be irresponsible. That made them irresponsible because they were over responsible for your irresponsibility. That's irresponsible. Yes. Did you follow that? Yes. So God rewards maturity with increased responsibility. It's not wrong responsibility, it's not responsibility in wrong places for wrong people. See, what we, instead of training people in the way they should go, we just are responsible in the ways that they should be responsible for. Hemi had a parent that didn't teach them to go get gas. Didn't teach them to drive. Didn't teach them to educate themselves. Didn't teach them to study the word. Didn't teach them to be prophetic. Didn't teach them to be, right? It goes on and on and right. These are all the areas we learned a different way. You didn't learn a, just you just learned a random way. And so then when you come into the kingdom, he's like, hey, we need to re- Write all of that. How you parent. How you're a child. How you're a friend. How you serve in ministry. How you do all these things. We learn stuff in church. From pastor led churches. We didn't learn to go out and do the commission. Remember what Bill said is that. I think I wrote that down too. Hold on. We can't be commissioned. Co- with God, that's who we're until you come into submission to the primary mission. Yeah. Yeah. What was the primary mission? To destroy the works of the enemy. Yeah. So if I'm doing anything in rebellion, rebellion, I'm today, rebellion is not taking hold of my promised land and working the land. And yeah. yeah. I'm not into submission. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, back to what I was writing. Isn't that what we were doing right now? Yes. Great. That was just my first line, wasn't it? Yeah. It's never about what I have in my positions. Yeah. Remember Bill even said that. it—it it could. It's a byproduct, right? right? Mm-hmm. Remember he said, I wrote these a couple of notes from what he said. It's about how my relationships thrive personally. First, my relationship with him. See, you have to remember, all ability came from him. So my, my actual ability to interact with his ability changes my ability with all of you. Right? So when I am made complete in him, which is what his plan was. Listen, he knew that the works of the enemy included hearts of people. Look, Cheryl and I have the same pants on. He knew that the works of the enemy had to do with people. He knew the works of the enemy had to do with people's hearts. So that's the first thing he had to redeem. Because my heart was worshiping another. So when I, that's not, that's just the first step. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just hanging out the door of constant need of redemption. Yes. Right. So one minute I'm condemned, next minute I feel redeemed. One minute I'm condemned. See, when we do this, we're just hanging out at the threshold of the door. Yeah. 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 All the abundance and ability and responsibility. And he, we will be unfulfilled in the end if we don't possess the promised land and work it. And in the promised land is where there's favor, where there's inheritance. Remember what Bill said? There's enough to pass out to other people. Everyone should be living their life to eventually leave something behind for who's going to be left here. Why would you want to leave them working the same land you just did? You know, if in my business, if I hear somebody... I hear a shootie about to go do something and I'm like oh that's not going to work I don't just say well I'll just let her find that out on her own I'll just let her wing it I tell her of what my wisdom I tell her of my experience I tell her of what what will make that thing she's about to go do that I've done 500 times easier for her it wasn't easy for me The things that you did first weren't easy for you, but will you leave a legacy behind where it'll make it easy for somebody after you? My relationships are supposed to thrive. I'm supposed to complete somebody else. Now, this isn't the Jerry Maguire kind. (laughs) How many watched Jerry Maguire, girls, and then you went out to find him? You're in a fantasy world. See, what we do is we try to achieve fantasy versions of people. And they're always disappointing then. And you're such a disappointment. Why? Because I had my expectation on my fantasy. Some of y'all can't even get over that. Some of y'all, that happened when you're 12, 15, and you're still looking, waiting for that fantasy version of another human being to arrive, and all they do is they poop and pee just like you. And you're like, well, I thought you were going to be my man. I thought you were going to take me and rescue me and keep me all safe and cozy and always be thinking of me. You're thinking of something else. And guys are like, I thought you were going to be beautiful all the time, then you're PMSing. What is that girl? Aisha, get out of the way, girl. That's what we call... Izzy at home when she's being in her can self. herself. Aisha's just walking to the room. Get back, girl. Yeah. <laughs> See, we have expectations of the other human being. Will you be honest and yes. say that? Yes. Can I assure you the problem lies within here. Yeah. 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 That other person never, they were never expecting to be your all. In fact, you're oddness doesn't sustain them. It irritates them. They go to bed at night praying that they can forgive you for how weird you are. And why do you do that? Why do you put the toilet paper over the top? It clearly goes under. All those random things. This is what we're doing. And so so we don't come into life saying, I'm going to find not only another person, but I'm going to find a family to stick myself in and complete the vacancy. Yeah. That's what intercession is. Yeah. Intercession is there's a vacancy in someone's belief system. Yeah. And you've discovered it. Maybe just 10 seconds, maybe it just took you 10 seconds of hearing what's coming out their mouth. But in that moment, you're like, right, they have a vacancy, they have not met Jesus. And so you step in right there where they are, in their shoes. I love it. Bill also said this. Let me read this. This was so good. The presence, the manifestation of the presence of God is a guarantee that you have been assigned to the impossible. And the presence equips me and enables me to confront the things that Jesus would confront if he was standing in my shoes. That's intercession. So when you hear of a thing... Gwen's fixing to go into a job where she's going to hear some things. Now, see, that's going to rub up against her choleric nature. It's going to be iron sharp, and I am so excited for her. This is going to be, she's going to get to be so shiny after this season. She's going to hear all the things that y'all put on Google when no one's paying attention. Those reviews you give. See, when, when we realize the presence affords me the ability to say, this looks like a pretty impossible situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this person is crazy town. Right. I can't see them changing. Have you, have you thought that lately? There's just the way they are. And then all of a sudden you wake up at 3 and they're on your mind. Right. Right. And you begin to say, oh, God. Yeah. They're acting like a fool. They don't know you like I do. I will pray for them as if I'm praying for myself. How good do you pray for you? Oh, God, help me! God, help me! It's just so miserable right now. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do if I can live one more moment. This is so bad and horrible. And that's really not what he's talking about. He's really talking about standing in a place where your own personal desire has been changed into His desire for that situation. Where you are metamorphosized into some poetry over another human being. That you would rather stand in the gap and give up your own personal, not desires from God, but ones you made to make sure Someone else gets to the same place you're going. As we continue. Because of my relationship and my personal cultivation of my relationship with the Father, He has an ability... To demonstrate to me how good of a father he is, I tell him that all the time. You're such a, you're doing such a good job at being a father to me, at being a savior and a husband and a bridegroom. You're 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 an empower and you're the air I breathe. You're doing such a good job at all your parts. I it it compels me to want to do a good job as a human, because he's done all the stuff. Don't you love it when you're feeling good, you're feeling spiritual, and you're praying about something, and then you hear it happening? Yeah. yeah. I've been praying for Gwen to get a job for a long time. She don't know it. She just randomly yesterday, I guess you've heard I got a new job. No, Gwen, I haven't heard that. <laughs> did, you, did you tell me? <laughs> I'm excited for her. Why? I started praying over her. I said, thank you, Papa. She's got a chair to sit in. She's got air conditioning. Even though we're going into winter, she'll be happy we have heat then. Why? Because I can see her in a different place than probably she can see herself. She's just trying to get enough money to eat and I'm trying to get her to position herself as an intercessor, as an intercessor in a whole corporation. And Papa just slid her right in to a huge corporation here in Oklahoma called Loves. You better learn to love if you're going to Loves. Because there ain't a lot of love at Loves. They said it prophetically. Loves. But it's not a lot of love going on there. See how Papa does that? Because he's a good father. He said, I wrote this, everything and everyone around me should be better because I'm here. See, whenever we have these orphan desires, and we've all done it, these immature desires, isn't it funny how you come out of orphanism and you sort of graduate into a new desire and it's still a really low-level desire? And then you tell somebody about it that their desires are kind of a little bit above yours and they're, they're trying so hard to be happy for you. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? See, so you've got people on both sides. You talk to people every day whose desires are still all orphan-like. And you talk to people who are like, why are you thinking like that? Like, like you thought that was good, right? I love it when we think it's really good. We've just graduated yeah. into kindergarten and we call somebody, come on, you've all done it. I've been laughing at you. So, <laughs> and we graduated to kindergarten, but we think we're in college, you know, with our big old change desire yeah. and we're still just self-seeking, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't, it was a change. Yeah. We can pat ourselves on the back, but it's not the destination. It's just growth. It's no different than when you have kids or when you were a kid and you just stepped into a new thing. Right? So everything, excuse me, and everyone around me should be better because I'm here. I don't act self-serving. I don't sound self-serving with my mouth. I'm not... Easily offended. I'm not jealous at everybody else. I'm not selfish. I'm the biggest celebrator of all things good because I know it's a win for me, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm thankful and I'm excited about growth and expansion because it's never less for me. It's always more. See, whenever we step into I've been reading this um, scripture probably for a month now. Let's just turn over there real quick. Hebrews 1. I'm in mean, ones a lot today. I love this. Listen to this. God now speaks to us openly in the language of the Son. Don't you love that? So that this is what this tells us. That I now have the ability and the assignment to speak a different language. That's good news. Yeah. Have you ever tried to learn a new language as an adult? I kind of always wish, you know, there's this, this I've heard people talk about this, but once you kind of learn one or two languages, it's really simple to learn a whole bunch more. I just want you to have people who, like, know four, five, and six languages, you know, I think. Donald Trump's wife can speak like seven, nine languages or something. Because once you kind of get the idea of how to speak just one new language, but you know, how Americans felt like that we were the epitome of all languages. And so in school, we just learned a little bit of Spanish. Aki is what I learned, and that means here. And, right? Yeah. But see, I when I visited Japan, Japanese students were in school eight hours a day to learn English. Wow. They went to school like 12 hours. It was weird. Think about it. Eight hours a day to learn your language. You hadn't thought about learning Japanese probably much in your whole life. Especially not spending eight hours a day. Right? So see, this tells us that the language of the sun is our first language. It's your first language. You don't believe me, I can tell. It's your first language. So you're already a two-language person. Then if you got filled with the Spirit, you're on your third language. Now see, it just depends on which language you want to use in your everyday life. See, your English language came with a retirement plan. Right. Came with an orphan mentality in America, weirdly. If you've never been to the third world country, you have no idea what a privilege that you have. It's weird. It creates entitlement. The inability to experience someone else's lack creates entitlement in me. That's why. You have to teach gratefulness or go to Haiti. It's the same experience. (laughs) And so I have these languages working within me. So when I come up to a situation, it's different than just saying the same thing, just in a different language. It's actually hearing the father through the language of the son for a situation. And then when I don't know what to say about that situation in English, I've got my third language. Come on, somebody's going to get this today. See, I'm changing my desires to be like his, so I have to use the language of what he sees the situation requires. And when I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to pray then there's another language inside of me trying to get stirred up. That's that feeling that you get. And so then I can really step into some intercession when I start speaking the language of the Holy Spirit. I love this. I just have to read this because I love the scripture. The Son, let me finish that. God now speaks to us openly, and this is verse 2 of Hebrews 1. God now speaks to us openly in the language of the Son, the appointed heir of everything. For through Him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. The Son is the de- S-O-N, you know. I'm not S-U-N right now, right? Okay, I'm make sure. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, His mirror image. And He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His spoken word. See, that's why it's so important that you understand what you're speaking has to be the language of the sun because yes. yeah. he's trying to expand, That's good. but he can only expand when my words fall on fall along in the line of the language of the sun. Yeah. I can't be the language of Tisa. Yeah. can't be the language of fear, yeah. can't be the language of orphanism, can't be the language of America. And see, God needs to position you at a specific time to speak to a specific person about a specific topic, but you got to speak to them out of the language that God uses. Because yes. the language that they use, they've already heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've already heard the language of the American spoken word. What's going to change them is the language of the Son, is the language of the Holy Spirit that flows through you. Yeah. Because you realize that He's expanding it by the spoken word. Yeah. If He expanded if He expanded it by His spoken word, He will expand it by yours. Oh, yeah. And so there's so much power in my desire because my desire eventually comes out of my mouth. Yeah. If you want to change how you think, change what you talk about. If you want to talk about how horrible it is for you and how your family don't love you and how your children have run away and they're chasing after another thing, how you don't have a relationship with them, how everybody at work is crappy, how everybody at work just didn't get you lunch today or buy you lunch, they bought somebody else a car, they didn't get you flowers, they didn't give you a raise, they didn't do this. That's the language of creation. You go to work tomorrow, it'll be a little bit worse. They'll, the, those people that irritate you, they'll be a little more irritating tomorrow. And a little more irritating, and a little more irritating, and a little more irritating till somebody has to have some sort of combustion. But see, the language of the sun is, they don't know me. I sent you as an ambassador of the king. You got all your royal garb on. You've been with Jesus. You've heard some awesome music. You got to enter into the presence of God and you walk in and you sound just like everybody else. That boss is a putz, isn't he? Why does he do things that way? Because he's the boss and you're not. Why would the boss tell you? I make decisions that he never knows about. I'm the boss. It's her ability to honor yes. that I'm the boss. That's her mission. Yes. Yeah. My my mission isn't even to get her to honor me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins, and then he took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the Majestic One. Yes. I'm pretty sure we just sang about that this morning. Yes. So let's turn over. I've got another fun scripture for you. James 1. Let's go back there. First, James 1 is so good. Can y'all just read James 1 this week? Because I want to read all the. Let's jump around a little bit. Every gift, verse 17, God freely gives us, is good and perfect. Every gift. That includes that crazy, supernatural, spiritual gift that you don't understand that makes you feel weird. Yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. It's good and it's perfect. Yeah. You're imperfect interacting with it. Yes. Yeah. You're immature interacting with it. It didn't make the gift weird. Right? And so you're learning at whatever age you are. That's why it's so important that we raise our kids in the ways of God. Because at what age, at some age in their adulthood, if they're really seeking after God, they're going to realize, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to operate these supernatural weapons. I'm just shooting everybody with them. (laughs) That's what we do with our supernatural weapons. You know, it's just like... Let me just use this for an example. If you're one of your spiritual desires that God actually implanted in you is connection, you've probably been really offended a lot in your life. Because God made you to be a connector. You're not the train track. You're just the connector. So you have to learn to be diplomatic. You have to learn, do you understand that all the spiritual gifts that God put within us, we're immature in operation with them. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever thought that your connection really is, see, I had to teach Mendel this, that she, she did a lot of what I call unsanctified mercy when I first met her. She had this huge mercy gift. And I told her, I said, your mercy is not for people, it's for Papa." Now, see, she had to do this thing I'm preaching about today. She had to take that desire to distribute mercy to all these people because that's how she was taught to use her mercy and change it to be on the defender of Papa and his ways and his words. So that means mercy, unsanctified mercy, lets all kinds of things go here on earth. When I'm defending him, I can't let anything go. I'm just trying to help you. Yes. Your, your desires are connected to your spiritual gifts so entwined. Yes. But when you have one thing off in them, yes. you will manipulate and prostitute the gift to get your ungodly desires met personally. Yes. And you have influence with it. Yes. See, even if you don't use your gift for God, your gift has influence with people. That's why they, people can get people to do stuff that is like, that's so weird. Why would they do that? Yeah. Because that person manipulated with their soul, with their own personal desires on another person, and that other person was, was unsuspecting. Yeah. It's a false accomplishment of what our needs were really supposed to do. Can you see it at all? Yeah. So every good and perfect gift he freely gives is all good, right? And it's streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. So that means that the way that he made us and his intention, this is what you have to remember. God intentionally picked you to be here at this time in life. He specifically picked you to be in this tribe today. Yes. Depending on how well I stir that. In other words, am I all in or I'm still on the fringe? Am I offended? Am I jealous? All of that begins to darken the light because it's covering up where the light was supposed to shine here on my heart. Yeah. So, so it's like this. So the light's shining down, and I put this cover on it with a fence. Well, I don't like how she said that. Well, of course you don't. Right. It was trying to peel back the darkness to expose your heart to the light, but you just kept sticking that. Oh, well, I didn't like how that was. Oh, I didn't like. Uh, oh, well, why did they tell that? Why did she tell that story? She okay. shouldn't told that story. I'm telling the story because it says that we overcome the enemy by our story. Yeah. You should want your story to be told. Yeah. You should want the story of how you overcome to be told, to be shouted from the mountaintop, to remind you, if you think about slipping back into covering up, that you don't want to. Yeah. Because it's an ungodly desire to not want your story told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably offended you too. Um, <laughs> There is no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible words so that we would choose, we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all of his creation. Listen, do you understand what that's saying? He gave you good and perfect gifts, Right? from a perfect father, where there's no darkness in him, so that we would be birthed by this truth into the world to fulfill his chosen destiny for us because we're his favorites. Out of everything he made, what did he make? He made everything. He made universes. You know, last night there was this little storm coming through and there was the moon and... It was, you know, Mendel's like, look at the moon. So I've been adopting that. Look at the moon. And there was this cloud that was coming over it. And it was like it was enfolding the moon. And I'm like thinking, but I'm his favorite. Yeah. That was stunning to me. Yeah. <laughs> so but I'm his favorite. Me getting up here today, knowing what I went through to get up here today, that makes me his favorite. So it says, instead, with a sensitive spirit, absorb God's word, which has been planted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver, deliver us. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that's the essence of self deception. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that right now, truth is going out, and it's meant to ping around in there. If you're good. Then you're empowered. Yeah. You're feeling like, man, tomorrow I'm taking it to work. I mean, I'm like taking it. I am going. I am. I am conquering. i right. Yeah. But if you're just something in there, then it's pinging around, going, uh, 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 and you're like, and you have to decide: Am I going to let go of that? Because I see other people being more excited than me. I must have something in there. Yeah. It can't move around like it wants. It says. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Your life, your life, your life. Everywhere I go should be better because I'm there. My life was meant for a reason now. You didn't miss your time. You weren't supposed to be born in his 30s. You were supposed to be born now. And there's a whole generation waiting for us to wake up to distribute him like poetry. There's so much good stuff right here. Okay, y'all read the rest of that. We don't have time for that. Okay, I got a couple more. People are texting me. Let's see what they want. You never know. Let's go to Philippians 1. No, let's don't. Philippians 4. I, mean, I just kid you. Kid you. Philippians 4. Now, I love Philippians 4 because it gives us the answer to all the refining of our gifts. See, because here's the thing God is so crazy. Think about this. He put within humanity all these crazy abilities and then. He didn't actually, we didn't come equipped knowing how to use them all. (laughs) Do you not think that's great? That should open your eyes to how fun God is. Otherwise, you would have come knowing everything. He wanted to set up a system of reward. He wanted to say, the hungry and the pursuers and the ones that want my righteousness more than their way, I'll reward that. And guess what? You're not going to ever change that system. You can hate on it. You can be mad at him that he made it that way. You can be jealous of other people that are getting stuff when you're just still hanging out with the orphans, wanting to pop, and the pop fridge is open and full. Or you can be like, I'm running like the wind. Anybody wants to come, they can come. I'm not going to quit running. I'm not going to quit expanding. I'm not going to quit going. And so, so this is what he says in Philippians 4. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. Because Jesus is what? Right there, near. It says he's near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing, baby. (laughs) Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Saturated is a lot, isn't it? Is that a lot? Aren't you glad he didn't say, "When you're freaked out and worried, pray hard then." Right? Just be saturated in it. Everything that you see should make you could should pose a prayer. You're driving down the road and you see a naked banshee. You should pose a prayer. I mean, that's just what should happen. You go to work and you see the boss is not operating well. That should pose a prayer. Right. Yeah. It says, "Offer your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude." Woo! Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I didn't say complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Offer your whiny, oh measly orphan victimhood prayers up to God, right? With man, do you even care about me? Kind of thing. See, I've been really learning this over the last few years that when I pray for somebody, and of course it says it in this book, but I've learned this years ago, I just think about how much God loves them. And I I actually begin to intercede for how how hungry I am that they probably really want to change and can't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, honestly, are we, if we're praying, <laughs> sometimes when we're praying for each other, we're just hoping that they'll change so they'll make my life better. Right. You're kind of irritating me like, you know, you're weak and you're kind of making, you're bugging me, so I'm praying for you so you'll be better, so my life will be better. Yes. <clears throat> that is not it. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So your faith-filled request with overflowing gratitude. What is gratitude? And you're amazing, God. Just yeah. thank you for, thank you for this air I breathe. Thank you for... I'm not in with K with the Hevel and the in the out on, underneath the viaduct in my cardboard box, <laughs> right? So thankful I get to come in at 101 and hear the ending of the sermon. I'm just so thankful. I'm just thankful. Everything everything that comes out of my mouth is thankful. Yeah. Not pie in the sky, but I'm thankful. Yeah. It says, tell him an occasional detail of your life. every why he don't know right he was snoozing that day oh that must be an exercise not for him see we're so weird we only act like we need to tell God stuff that's hard like we've come to the inner rope God he's like well if you would if we would have sort of a dialogue, come on introverts, if we'd have a dialogue all the time, you know, instead of you got that stacker. I mean, I want to never hear again, I've got a stacker when I was available to unload the stack. Quit letting it stack. Don't, just say to yourself, I'm not going to use that term anymore because I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, I'm sorry that I just ripped my britches in front of you because I had a stacker. Well, it's just a terminology, but it's not something we were supposed to adopt. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> We're not supposed to adopt this terminology. We're supposed to say, this is an indicator I am not doing this thing well. Yeah. Every detail of your life. Of course, when you got a stacker, you need help. And then what's so funny is when we go to somebody with a stacker, we don't even know what we're talking about anymore. No, Are we talking about nine or four or... Two? Which one are we on right now? Are you with me? Yeah. So there's no reason to do that exercise. Yeah. If you've got something that comes up that you can't handle with God, shocking, but if that happens, right. you got people you can reach out to and you don't, then you're putting pressure on your mentor to work out 20 things that you actually let happen in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him every detail of your life you know I will Cheryl then God's wonderful peace did you see that I'm telling him every day. this is the way to peace y'all don't even hear what I'm saying do you listen you can't buy peace it's not for sale at Walmart it's only for sale relationally with God it's not for sale and you can't buy it from people If people could make it, Walmart would sell it. But we can't make it. So it's in the confession of my details. That I interact. Because see, then I begin to see how big he is. And he begins to come through. And I'm like, wow, he's doing such a good job. Let's repeat. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart. Do you not see how this works? So I tell him everything. I feel peace. And then all of a sudden i got a boundary around my heart. What's going on in my heart? Everything. And so then when somebody comes knocking at the door, hey, I need your peace that you have confessed everything before God and got his healing on. Give me your peace. You're like, no, it's garden, man. You can't get in here and get this thing. I don't care how ugly you want to act. I don't care how nasty you are. I don't care what you're doing. I'm guarded with peace. Guard your heart and mind. That's where it's all happening. It's all Just seeping down from your mind, down through, past your nose. Every now and then you you lick lick over to see? And it goes down to your heart, right there. That's all that's going on all the time. This crazy stuff in our minds finally gets down here in our heart, and then it just begins to spill out. And I'm like, well, who have you been with? Me, myself, and I in the Holy Spirit. No, you have not been with the Holy Spirit. I love it when somebody says, I talked to the Holy Spirit and they told me this. I'm like, no, the, the Holy Spirit did not tell you that. I've known him a really long time and that was not him. You talked with your past fear. You talked with your unmet needs. That's who you've been talking to called it the Holy Spirit Uh-uh. And this is it keep your thoughts continually fixed that is really hard for some of us listen this is so vitally important and he's not saying that no other thoughts will ever come you can't control that it's your ability to switch it's just your ability to switch it's like turning on a light switch. Yeah. This is on. This is off. Whenever, the, whenever, however those other thoughts come, it's usually what we're worried about. That's number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody worried about anything in here? No, we're all good right now, right? Yeah. See, whenever we're, you're concentrating, I know, but whenever we start, we leave here. Let's just talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Then something's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. It might happen before you get down the stairs. Somebody maybe doesn't say hi. I don't say hi to you like you want me to say hi to you. And so then all of a sudden you're offended. And then you forget everything I said. Right? And then all you're concentrating on is what? How some person, it's the same thing when you go to the restaurant and they don't get your food right. Or the lady doesn't write it down. We went to a a restaurant the other day, and I I hate that when they don't write it down, you know, because I have a lot of special orders, you know, and I like, you know. And so she got it all right. So I had to tell her when she came back. I was like, man, you're amazing because you got all this special order right. I bragged on her. But see, that's just it, is that whenever something doesn't happen the way we want it to happen, we become fixated on why it didn't happen. You made it all up. Another human being didn't come through in your expectation world. Your unrealistic expectations of the world didn't happen. See, that's not having your thoughts fixed on the right place. See, when your thoughts get fixed on Him, you start seeing. It says, on all that is authentic and real. If we don't know what those things are, we'll start looking at fake things. And we'll get our mind fixed on fake things or fantasy things. Honorable and admirable. Beautiful and respectable. Pure and holy. Merciful and kind. I've talked about these a lot, but you can read them this week. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Praising Him, ah, occasionally. So every detail, always grateful, always praising. That's how my desires become remade. That's how when I delight myself in him, all my desires come true. Because my desires went through the refining process of his delight. And that's the key. Let's finish on Psalms 19, shall we? God's splendor is a tale that is told, written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vaults of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes Out its message to the next night by night whispering its knowledge to all without a sound, without a word without a voice being heard yet all the world can hear its echo everywhere its message goes out. What a heavenly home God has set for the sun shining in the superdome of the sky see how he leaves his celestial chamber Each morning, radiant as a bridegroom, ready for his bride. Like a day-breaking champion, eager to run his course. He rises on one horizon, completing his circuit on the other. Warming lives and lands with his heat. Yahweh's word is perfect in every way. Oh, how it revives our souls. Yahweh's laws lead us to truth and his ways change the simple into wise yahweh's teachings are right and make us joyful his precepts are so pure Yahweh's commands challenge us to keep close to his heart the revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant yahweh's decrees are trustworthy The fear of Yahweh is pure, enduring forever. The rarest treasures of life are found in His truth. That's why God's word is prized like others prize the finest gold. Sweeter also than honey are His living words. Sweet words dripping from the honeycomb. For they warn us Your servants and keep us from following the wicked way giving a lifetime guarantee great success to every obedient soul how would I discern the waywardness of my own heart Lord forgive my hidden flaws wherever you find them keep cleansing me God and keep me from my secret selfish sins so they will never rule over me. For only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every moment of my heart be always pure and pleasing, always acceptable for your eyes, before your eyes, Yahweh. My only Redeemer and my only protector. So, Papa, we just close today with just the goodness of your words today, how they wash over our souls and make us new. And they grant us the privilege of living another day for you. So, I just pray over every heart in this room right now that there would be a resurgent of the desires of your heart for them seen by their own eyes. I pray that there would be repentance where necessary. I pray that there would be exaltation of you where necessary. I pray that there would be a new sense of direction and peace where necessary because you, Holy Spirit, know what everybody in this room needs, what every heart needs. And so I bless your word today. I bless that you are reworking the definitions of a long, sorrowful heart that didn't know your way, that didn't know we were displeasing to you, that didn't know what a good, good father you were, that didn't know that you were the father of lights, that there is no even shadow of turning, there's no part of you that could change, but you're always, always, always good. So remake our definitions, change us today, change all the things in our heart that we present before you, and actually keep highlighting the things in our hearts that we don't even know are not like you. Because we just say today that we want to be like you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.